0: Hey, hello, peeps. Those of you who have been listening since we started in September 2023 with Good Omens will notice a marked difference in the quality of our recording for Buffy Season 1. This is because Season 1 was our practice podcast. Neither of us had done a podcast before. It took us pretty much the whole season to figure out what we were doing, and that included having the proper settings on the microphone, Tory, Mo tried their best to correct what they could during the editing process, but there was only so much that could be done. One more thing... We changed the name of the podcast after we recorded Buffy Season 1. After the introduction, you will hear us refer to the podcast as Shallow Dive, instead of Wallowing in the Shallows. We hope it doesn't cause too much confusion. And now, welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows, the podcast that skirts the perilous drop-off of a deep dive into television and movies. We are academic nerds aspiring to become TV and movie geeks. There are no spoiler guards in the shallows, so listen at your own risk. This week, join us for a wallow in a Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1 rewatch.
1: Buffy! (laughs) Yay! I'm ready to chat a little Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Me too. I love me some
0: (laughs) Buffy. So I guess we should probably introduce ourselves. Sounds good. All right. Why don't you start? Okay. Well, I'm Tori. I'm probably not your typical Buffy fan because I'm a little bit older. I remember uh, when Buffy came out, of course. So there we go. But I'm a huge, huge Buffy fan.
1: Nice, I'm Rebecca, and I think Buffy was in high school when I was in college, according to the dates that have been seen mm-hmm. and I just missed the Buffy craze, and I knew it existed, but you were the one that really got me to watch it like I don't know ten or eleven years ago. but I'm doing this rewatch with a completely fresh head because I barely <laughs> remember anything so um. <laughs> I have very much enjoyed starting this and I want to keep up with it. And it's totally my jam because I do love, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, vampire, all things kind of fandom. So I'm into it and I'm ready to talk it.
0: Yeah. I remember while I was in grad school when it came out, I remember somebody in like the student lounge was talking about it because I didn't actually start watching it until year two. And then I had to go back and watch year one. Um, So I kind of started a little bit later, but man, I just fell in love with the show. So excited that there was this show where there was a young girl that was super powerful.
1: Mm. And that's,
0: you know, one of the reasons I kind of fell in love with it because that was, you know, still the nineties. And even though, you know, women's live had been going on for quite a while, there was just something about like. I was thinking about this after rewatching the first couple episodes. That something about the '90s empowerment of women started to change somewhat, and I'm—I think this show probably had something to do with it. But for me, it really even started like in 1995 when Alanis Morissette uh, Love released "Jagged Little Pill," and mm-hmm. it almost became like, yeah, because you know, women were kind of almost working. I don't want to say underground or behind the scenes or whatever about empowerment. But then Alanis made it like, okay to talk about all this stuff. And then of course there was sex in the city and it became okay to talk about sex and, and to acknowledge that, yeah, women have these kinds of conversations about sex. And, um and now then there's Buffy, right. And you've got a young girl who is expressing the power
1: that she has total and complete badass yes
0: mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure but anyways let's go ahead and kind of get started so we're going to talk about episode one and two of season one so we've got welcome to the Hellmouth and the harvest so let's talk about them together since they're kind of an opening arc for the series perfect right on so quick summary because i don't want to go i'm assuming like most people that are going to listen to this have already seen buffy and they just want to you know relive some buffy
1: moments yes not Um, not needing a blow by blow of every plot point
0: right right so it's the shallow dive summary kind of approach (laughs) i love it So you know Buffy and her mom Joyce arrive in Sunnydale. It's Buffy's first day of school but it's kind of like mid-semester or mid-year for the school itself after you know Buffy had gotten kicked out of Henry High in LA to move but I think well I'll get into that later Uh, and of course she meets (laughs) Giles and Willow and Xander and Cordelia and she finds out that vampires are in Sunnydale and Um, It's the first time she meets Angel and she has to fight some vampires. And of course, they abscond with one of her new friends, Jesse, who they turn into a vampire.
1: Yeah, spoiler alert. When I saw Eric Balfour, I was like, oh, wow, he's big in this. Well, mm, he's big in the first two episodes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes, yes. That happens to a few people. (laughs) and then they're out um you never know who they're gonna kill off which is kind of which is a fun thing right I love shows that are do that do that they're not afraid to
1: to kill off people how very Game of Thrones of them
0: yeah but maybe not quite to the extent of Game of Thrones (laughs) is is there any show that killed off people like that to the extent no yeah I don't think so either um so yeah and of course all the vamps are all excited because the master's gonna rise they're gonna have this big ceremony called the harvest, where Luke becomes the vessel for the master, and he anybody he drinks helps to nourish the master who's gonna break out of his subterranean prison and mm-hmm. wreak havoc on the Sunnydale inhabitants. And that's gonna be his first foray into, you know, destroying the world, so to speak. So it's kind of our first apocalypse for the, uh, but the Buffy gang, yes, and of course Buffy boils it up.
1: (laughs) Nice, and she makes and her ragtag band, her (laughs) (laughs) ragtag band is formed. (laughs) The Slayerettes, I think Willow refers to them as. Yes, 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 yes. So
0: with your faulty memory about this show
1: yes yes
0: what uh, what was your general impression of this episode one and two
1: so I really did get pulled in pretty quickly I have to admit there there is kind of this a little bit of 90s campiness um and and I think that whenever a show starts I mean These, this little band of slayerettes is like bonded within 24 hours. I guess slaying vampires will do that to you. But, you know, it's just kind of this sort of quick, let's lay some groundwork. But I really appreciated that it sort of sucked me in as well. And uh, as we'll go, as we go kind of through the episode, there were just some really striking quotes and allusions. And I was like, boy, this show is is smart, which is yes. probably why I stuck with it with my first watch through. And I think I will really appreciate as we uh dive into it with this rewatch. And because I, I have to admit, there were probably times when I was watching the episodes before that I might have been doing something else while watching the episode, <laughs> 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 which could be which could be uh leading to some of my forgetfulness about the the show. But I I it's it's so me, this show, and so mm-hmm. I I can I can see that I'm going to continue to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I think the campiness is a carryover from the original movie.
1: Ah, so, so there's
0: a movie. <laughs> yes, there is a movie. It was uh released in nineteen ninety-two and and I remember listening to an interview with Josh Whedon that he was really unhappy with the movie um so it was pretty campy uh like luke perry was in it and christy swanson oh my gosh Um, and actually donald sutherland plays the watcher that comes to call her to her destiny as the slayer And, uh, and paul rubens plays one of the vampires and he's kind of funny but anyways i think that campiness from that movie makes its way into the first couple of episodes and I think once they this is kind of a little bit of a a preview I think once they decide to leave that behind it gets so much better nice because (laughs) I, I think after watching season two first and then coming back to season one and watching it there's such a difference in the quality of the writing and the acting and you can really tell that you know Sarah Michelle Gellar and Allison Hannigan Anthony Stewart head everybody has kind of like figured out who their character is right and Mm -hmm. and even by the end of season one I think they're getting there but by season two they're really in the stride and so again I think once they start leaving that campiness behind this show gets so much better.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to it. Again, already into it, but uh, <laughs> I like I like the sound of that. And, you know, all the time people will say, you know, don't just watch the first couple of episodes. You got to give it four or five. You know, it, it often takes uh, an ensemble some time to catch their, scra- their stride sure. and find their focus. So sure. um, not surprising. Yeah.
0: And I don't know if there was a point where Whedon said, you know what, we're just really going to kind of blow off the movie and go our <laughs> own way. Now we should go our own way. Go <laughs> our own way. Uh, anyways, I won't sing
1: anymore. <laughs> oh, anytime. <laughs> you <laughs> could break into either. song at, at any point.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I think they really when they hit their stride, man. This
1: cast is on and they are smoking. Well, awesome. And I look forward to adventuring through this with you as well. So, yeah. uh so shall we shall we kind of talk through some things we found interesting yeah, in uh in the episodes? Go, go, so, go. my my first impression uh happens in the very first scene with is it Darla? Yes. And um unnamed. I don't even care what the guy's name was. Yeah, but the does. first thing I said was Dexter's wife is in this. I don't know if you ever watched HBO's Dexter, but, uh, but she, that, that actress, um, Oh, I Julie don't know. Benz. Julie Benz. Yes. Julie Benz is, uh, Dexter's wife much later, of course, mm-hmm. uh, when, whenever Dexter came out. Yeah. And so, so Dexter's wife is a vampire and I just loved the kind of turnaround, Mm-hmm. And this, this speaks to what you were saying earlier about women's empowerment is mm-hmm. even with this predatory vampire scene, you know, you kind of think this guy is taking her up, you know, whatever. Right. And it turns out that she takes him out and yeah. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. So that was an excellent start for Buffy. Yeah.
0: Well, and plus he's uh that dude, he just gave me heebie-jeebies. I'm like, really dude? douche <laughs> yes with a capital d <laughs> but but yeah i love darla i love darla
1: yes she's a, a good
0: vampire because she yes she we she's get so
1: innocent right yes yes and we get to see more of her uh later but that was just uh that mm-hmm. was just something i loved about the first scene
0: yeah and for you know the 90s i thought the makeup was really good if you think about i mean because it's all practical right yeah so i don't know i'm gonna have to look that up is to see who their makeup artists were their practical effects people were because that i thought they did a really good job and even though i didn't really care i don't care for the actor that plays luke brian thompson i've seen him (laughs) in other things you know um and i'm sorry i'm really not trying to trash him too much but i I think he gets cast for a body type. Yes. Um, but I looked like his makeup. I mean, I think they did a hell of a good job. Yeah, um, I felt I,
1: like he should be on the set of like Conan the Barbarian or something. Yeah. Not not this, yeah. but yeah. uh but he he also doesn't last long, so. Yeah. And I know <laughs>
0: I've seen him like on charmed. Mm. And he played a Greek I think he played a Greek god. But that's yeah. right. Yeah. Anyways, i guess i got a little off track there but i did no like the problem makeup, the makeup the makeup the makeup was good and i love
1: how they did the master i mean it's so
0: nosferatu
1: uh and did you get a little bit of voldemort vibes when he came out of the pool of blood totally dry <laughs> exactly, exactly i was like what the
0: heck how is he yeah. coming out of this pool of blood totally yeah. dry but although like when they first show him starting to come out from the back he looks wet yeah and then they flip it around to the front and the dude's all dry I'm like well a little bit of a continuity error yeah continuity <laughs> error thank you very much
1: well uh backing up a little bit mm-hmm. I have got to indicate a little my my first quote I, okay. I really had some quotes I attached myself to in this right episode. On. And the first one was, I think it was the first we saw Xander and Willow. Mm -hmm. And Xander comes up to Willow and uh, who's, you know, the girl that seems to be the smartest in the class and knows everything. And Xander's kind of clueless. He says, you know, I kind of had a problem with the math. And Willow (laughs) says, uh, which part? And Xander says, the math. (laughs) I
0: so related to Xander, which I know will not surprise you because you know of my math phobia. Mm-hmm. I related to Xander in that moment, and I knew you would love that. I was like, she's going to bring that up.
1: <laughs> well, and you know what else I really want to bring up about it that I also loved is it was the guy having trouble with the math. Mm-hmm. And once again, going to your empowerment point, it was the woman who was like, oh, just do this, this, and this. I can totally help you out with that. So yes. that was super cool. Yeah. Yep. Good old, hello. Um,
0: I'm someday, sometimes I think. Willow's my favorite character um but that floats and is kind of episode by episode (laughs)
1: okay okay
0: you like her and i like when she finally starts to dress better in later seasons because i was like seriously i could kind of feel cordelia's remark about the sunny side of sears (laughs) uh
1: i will okay this is a perfect segue because i have jotted this exact quote down cordelia (laughs) says about willow's dress Good to see you've seen the softer side of Sears, which I think was their tagline. (laughs) Yes, yes. Cordelia always has some good one-liners. And while on the subject of Cordelia, Mm -hmm. um, Cordelia is so much cooler in King Lear. I really think that they should have picked Regan or Goneril for Cordelia's name, because Cordelia is the sweet one.
0: Oh, well, maybe it's meant to be
1: you know, an irony. Well, perhaps, but what it also definitely is an example of is people in these, in this town have weird names because not too much later, uh, there's, there are two girls talking by the locker Mm -hmm. and one of the girls says, what kind of name is Buffy? And then somebody else walks by and says to that person, Hey, Aphrodisia. (laughs) <laughs> so talk about the pot calling the kettle black with yeah. an aphrodisia saying the yeah. name Buffy is strange. And I think yeah. the woman, she, I think the girl she's talking to's name is Aura. So yes. between aphrodisia, Aura, and Cordelia, yes. we've got some, and Xander, we've yes. got some wild names in this town. And Willow.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Baby Sunnydale was originally inhabited or populated by 1960s hippies or something
1: well that 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 could certainly be valid
0: (laughs) yeah I do um want to talk a little bit more about Cordia because I do I mean I love this whole cast I don't even know why I even try to say who's my favorite because I do love them all but I don't think she looks like a high school girl particularly somebody who's supposed to be 16 or maybe I've just been out of high school too long No, I agree with you but she just got great lines and you know, she starts out when she and Buffy are in that classroom together and you know she shares her textbook with Buffy mm-hmm. and she seems really nice. And then, you know, that first interaction with Willow at the drinking fountain. And I'm like, yo, girl, y'all mean girl.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, that really it was a little it was a little it was heartbreaking to yeah. see. And you know, you can just tell by Willow's reaction that this is an everyday occurrence and she just oh am I in the way you know yeah
0: and I don't know and again you know I was in high school for most of the later 70s and I think maybe it's just because people were high most of the time but I don't remember mean girls like that and maybe it was just because i was in a small town right and I knew everybody in my class because it was so small but was, and I, when I was watching this, I was thinking about that. And then I wondered because, you know, you grew up in a larger city.
1: Yeah. Do you have mean girls like that in your high school? So, what I would say is, I was in high school, late 80s, early 90s. And I don't remember anybody saying things quite so blatant. Yeah. But there was definitely clicks. There were definitely clicks where it was like, uh, don't even deign to associate with me, you know? So I, I don't remember, and I'm not saying bullying didn't happen. I'm sure it did. I thankfully didn't really experience that, but I never saw something as overt as Cordelia and Willow. And we definitely had Cordelia's and Willow's at my (laughs) school.
0: I think I was more a Willow um cordelia
1: i was definitely not a cordelia but i wasn't a willow either i was maybe aphrodisia <laughs> <laughs> though i never would have said the thing about buffy's name <laughs> Yes, i just yes. meant on the hierarchy <laughs> yes yes
0: well i kind of was able to float between the cliques because i had family members that were in the really kind of cool cliques even nice. though i was as cool as them but i could float between the cliques because of it but Let's not That's talk a about good... my high school experience okay. anymore. Okay,
1: okay. <laughs> well, moving on then, uh, where Where do you want to go next in this episode? I guess I have stuff about Buffy and Angel meeting, but yeah. oh, I guess I want to say, coolest library ever, Giles. Oh, hell yeah. Oh my gosh, my library was just like, you know, Office Depot bookshelves and, you know, <laughs> This this looked like, you know, they they would have that ladder that you could slide to the <laughs> yes. various shelves. It was yes. very super cool. Yeah. And I'm all in on Giles. I love Giles. <laughs> I love Giles and his tea. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> in fact, later in the episode somewhere, he talks about having this cup of Bovril, which I'd never heard of that. Uh-huh. And I guess it's some kind of like British beef tea. That sounds utterly (laughs) disgusting. (laughs) Well, there, there you go. Let's see. Oh, I do have to, I I can't, I can't go past the first interaction with Buffy and the cop from Bones, (laughs) a.k.a. Angel. (laughs) David Boreanaz. Yes. 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 (laughs) Who is just baby faced in oh this gosh, i could yeah. not that is one thing when i saw dexter's wife i'm just like baby dexter's wife so <laughs> it's it's fun to see these people so young Yeah, and uh i really liked the interaction between buffy and angel where buffy says who are you mm-hmm. let's just let's just say i'm a friend yeah. yeah well maybe i don't want a friend i didn't say i was yours <laughs> <laughs> Nice, yes. nice job. Nice, yes. nice job.
0: Nice way to say mysterious. The tall, dark, mysterious man. Although, oh, yeah, find out later, he's not a man.
1: He's a vampire. This oh. is what, yeah. So, did I just spoil something. You, you didn't because I did actually remember that. <laughs> but, uh but uh, I, I do think that comes out pretty, pretty soon anyway. <laughs>
0: It's uh, he's so cute, although I didn't
1: like his shiny satin jacket. Oh, I didn't notice that. But boy, you are noticing the fashion. And I got to tell you, I thought it was very interesting at that club rage or whatever, that when Giles is testing Buffy, the Mm -hmm. way she tells that guy is a vampire is by his fashion sense or lack thereof. Is the barge
0: (laughs) fashion sense? I laughed so hard. That's
1: right. Yeah. I was
0: like, oh, my God, the barge. That's hysterical. Well, I think maybe with the fashion thing, and you know, as I've told you before, I was, I listened to uh, the rewatcher podcast, shout out mm, to shout them, out indeed. to Ash and Elena, uh, love your show girls or ladies, women, Mujeres, let's go. Back. Women of power. Women of power. Um, and they're kind of on the fashion. And when I was rewatching episode one and two, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's making me notice the fashion a little bit more. But uh, but Buffy usually has pretty cool stuff.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, she seems to always be on point. Even if she's trying to decide between a real vampy dress and uh, a Jehovah's Witness dress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, that was really funny. The Watchtower comment. Um, yes. About like that teacher, the history teacher.
1: Oh, yes.
0: I, was like, I skipped right over that. Yeah, I mean, like number one, I was like, man... I miss chalkboards because when I was mm-hmm. teaching in grad school, we had chalkboards. Oh. And so I was always chalky. After oh, classes, yes, yes, yes. I miss that. But anyways, I was also like, woman, wait for the students a little bit. Count
1: to 10. Give them some time to answer. You know, you're really right. It really, you really should give time. And let's let's frame this a little bit. Uh, we're talking about the history teacher who yeah. gave us a real fun fun fact that I had to look up, but it sounds like you knew in advance. I did know that, that. she she said that the Black Plague was germ warfare, and mm-hmm. I thought, oh my gosh, what is she saying? That sounds like this history teacher is saying something that's not right. Mm-hmm. But then I looked up that that's how the plague reached Europe from Crimea because yeah. they would like catapult dead bodies and their excrement and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that is a horrid yet fun fact. Yes.
0: Yes. History is history.
1: Look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, jumping back to the clubbing situation, uh, came uh, yes, yes. Came to another, just like you said, excellent one-liner from Cordelia, where after Buffy kind of accidentally attacks Cordelia, uh, <laughs> she says, Excuse me, I have to call everyone I have ever met right now. <laughs> good, good one-liner for Cordelia. Yes,
0: that was a great one-liner. My kind of favorite Cordelia one-liner from The episode is, I don't want to interrupt your downward mobility.
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. I almost wrote that one down. (laughs) And of course, that's in reference to Buffy talking to, was it Willow and Xander or Willow, Xander, and Jesse? And Jesse. Jesse was there, too. Yeah. So
0: we're in the Bronx. Buffy's trying to find Willow
1: willow knows how to pick them she's picked Will- herself yeah. a vampire
0: yeah yep yeah, yep yeah. she's trying to seize the day oh that's right maybe that's a great a lesson to learn right you maybe don't accept the advice of people you haven't even known 24 hours <laughs> I, I gotta back up just a little bit sure after buffy finds the guy or sees the dead guy right and goes to the library and confronts Giles. Oh, yes. And she kind of lays it out about how it what it's like to be the slayer. I think in that instance, we really get a glimpse of how amazing this series is going to be because Sarah Michelle Geller like knocks it out of the park in that scene. And you I mean she's so intense And I'm like, that's what we're going to see later. And and it's one of my favorite parts in episode one. Nice. Even though I think Giles is a little creepy in that scene. (laughs) And he's also creepy
1: at the bronze when he's like looming over her shoulder. It's extremely creepy. And in fact, there's a time when I feel he's incredibly too close. This is in in the second episode. Mm -hmm. Behind Willow while she's on the computer. Yeah, I, so, I noted that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so he's 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 got to figure out some some physical boundaries. And yes. really does does the does the high school librarian come to the teenage rage party? I don't think so. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. I'd be like, mm, maybe I'll wait outside and see if I can catch her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't believe it didn't arouse more suspicion.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Um, I guess maybe the only other thing I really want to say about this episode even though we're kind of skipping the whole tunnel scenes and everything and I still don't understand why she let Xander come with her as their experiment I know
1: I know that yeah. was a little bit ridiculous I mean he he was going to be nothing but a liability yeah or am I jumping ahead to the next episode is that in the I right? actually think you are jumping, jumping ahead. ahead well we have because I mean Jesse got bit we we got Jesse got bitten by Darla yeah. and Buffy shows up, and there's lots of vampires. That's right. But then we have this cliffhanger. We don't you're have right. Xander catching up with Buffy until after they have their little sesh in That's the library. Right. Meanwhile, right. Jesse's becoming a vampire. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's on his way. Oh, you're right. I got ahead. I got ahead because I forgot at the end of it, like Luke is looming over her in the crypt.
1: Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And so that's why we decided to do these two together because really I yes. mean it I feel like it should be one episode. Yes. yes.
0: I do have to say and I remember doing this when I first watched season 1 as well when the, we first see the master I yell out and I did it again Niedermeyer.
1: Uh to what <laughs> to, to
0: what do you refer? Okay. So Mark Metcalf Who, by the way, is from Ohio? Shout out. Shout out, Ohio.
1: Uh,
0: He was in Animal House and his character's name was Niedermeyer. And so that was my first introduction to him. And so when I saw him, even through the makeup, I was like, Niedermeyer.
1: Okay. So I have never seen Animal House. So this is why I didn't get this reference. What? So are we going to need to do a rewatch of Animal (laughs) House? I have you ever seen Animal House? I think you know just because of our slight yeah, age, age difference, difference. Yeah. there are things that uh, were were you know regular diet for you that yeah. uh, was just I was you know I was just not quite old enough. <laughs> we
0: might maybe we'll come up with some kind of movie podcasts.
1: I without. like it.
0: Okay. I just we'll see, I we'll see
1: how the fans respond. We'll see if they, they're clamoring for an animal, animal house rewatch. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, that's the last, I mean, that's all I wanted to say. Okay. So let's talk more specifically about the harvest. Okay. So, so first
1: of all, Angel's Cross comes in real handy.
0: Yeah. I wondered. Even when Angel gave, Buff, oh, so I say, let's move on to episode two, and I'm moving right back to episode one. No problem. I wondered when Angel first gave her that cross, if she recognized it from her dream, which of Ah. course turns out to be, as we know later on in the season, it's quite a prophetic dream about things that are going to happen.
1: Yes. And I think there were even some things from these very first two episodes in that, uh, in that dream as well. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look like she does. I was just like, how could you not recognize that from your dream?
0: (laughs) I like the direction of episode two better than I liked the direction of episode one. And I know Joss Whedon wrote them both, but they did have different directors.
1: And in fact, now I'm
0: going to make another old movie reference. And I don't know if you've seen this one either, but the director of the first episode was actually... What was his name charles 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 something i'll look it up but he was in american graffiti and he played the character named
1: toad charles haven't seen it rebecca this could this could be a whole series itself yes movies
0: rebecca should have seen and should be yeah but didn't (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well we'll work on that one okay anyways It feels like, I feel it loses some of the campiness that we have in the first one, but not all of it. Because I think some of the tunnel scenes are a little campy, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with the glowing eyes of the (laughs) vampire. Yes, yes, that's a good example. Yeah, so, but I think it's maybe not quite as campy.
1: Yeah, I can, I can appreciate that. Okay, Cool. One thing that I, that just kind of struck me, and I know these are the first episodes and they have to kind of make this happen, but Willow, Xander and Jesse are like all in the know about all this vampire stuff, like mm-hmm. so quickly, like Xander overhearing in the library. That yeah. was actually an episode one, right. but you know, they kind of form this band so very quickly. It's right. kind of, it's kind of crazy. And I do have to say it toward the beginning of se- of episode two, I'm like, how long are you going to spend chatting in the library? Meanwhile, Jesse is languishing in the clutches of the vampires. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's get our butts moving instead of plotting out the next five years of our lives.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, but the bonding thing, maybe it's, you know, like people in the military when you go through those kind of traumatic experiences
1: so you're saying vampire slaying will do this to you
0: well maybe being attacked by a vampire will. yes
1: <laughs> that's fair that's fair being saved by somebody from a vampire
0: right right, <laughs> right. like i love uh, like right towards the beginning you know when vicky or vicky when buffy what the heck yeah. where did vicky come from i have no <laughs> freaking idea but when uh buffy saves willow and she starts to run off to save Xander and Willow's like quickly scrambling to her feet. And I could you can almost like hear her going, wait, don't leave. Me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to go with the person that can save me. That yeah, would be for sure. I'd be like, wait. Well, it's just the smart play. I mean, yeah. she's the one that can like pull mm-hmm. open a locked gym door with, yeah. uh, you know, a little tug and mm-hmm. be completely in a vertical position handstand on like a light pole or something. Yeah. <laughs> Quite Definitely, impressive.
0: but I did wonder. Even though I, I mean, I kind of, kind of understand how they might bond because of all of the shenanigans that are going on, but I didn't really understand the level of responsibility that Buffy seemed to feel so quickly.
1: Yeah, it's tough to be a teenage vampire slayer. Yeah, I guess, I guess. Uh, so yes, the stakes are high. And yeah. sorry for the pun with using the word stakes, but. <laughs> didn't did think of it until after I said it no worries I think that'll
0: probably happen a lot but <laughs> I do but the other thing the one thing about the tunnel scene that I liked was actually the transition from Xander and Buffy in the tunnels to Giles in the library you know when it kind of slides from them and it goes past a really thick wall and then yes a bookshelf and we see Giles sitting at a table I love that transition
1: Nice. I like these cinematography notes you are providing as well. I know what you're talking about, but I wouldn't have thought to have said anything about it. But yeah, um, that was cool. Yeah. What did you
0: think of Harmony?
1: Okay. Now wait a second. W- it, it, help me out here. Is this somebody's name? What have I? What am I missing? What? Harmony what is Harmony? Is Cordelia's friend in the computer lab with the long oh. hair? Oh 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 of course okay so i did not remember her name but i definitely remember the computer programming scene now harmony wasn't like mean right i mean cordelia was uh, i guess i guess she didn't make a huge impression on me other than the two of them were working on the computer program right and harmony was trying to see what willow was doing and then, and then willow got cordelia to delete her program what what do you think of harmony? is Is this someone who's going to be showing up more in the future? Is there something that I missed, or
0: yeah, she will be. She's going to be a recurring character. So we'll definitely come back to her. I don't want, really want to influence you, okay.
1: I, so far, yeah. obviously, she didn't make much, much of a dent, yeah. we'll we'll come back to her
0: in a later episode,
1: but I must say, even though she was with Cordelia, I didn't get, you know, it felt very much like Cordelia was the queen bee. And yes, uh, she was just one of the one of Cordelia's uh, yes, followers. Hive, I don't know, down
0: that you just said Cordelia is the queen bee.
1: Okay, make note of it. Okay, I'm writing it down. (laughs) Done.
0: Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. The other thing I had a question that came up and I wrote it down because I wanted to ask you. Like when Xander and Buffy find Jesse chained to the wall, Jesse and Xander hug, right? Okay. But Jesse's already a vampire at that point. Yes. 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 Shouldn't his body have felt cold? I mean, aren't, I mean, vampires are
1: dead and their bodies are supposed to be cold. You'd think Xander would have noticed, like, dude, you're cold. Well, how recently did the transition happen? You know, yeah. maybe maybe there's maybe just feels a little chilled, but isn't full on undead. You right. know, so because maybe there's still some residual living heat. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. But it's a good, it's a good question, but you know, yeah, we, we knew, we knew Jesse had been bitten, but we know there's another step, right. That Jesse has to get the blood as well. And when they find out, when the bad guys find out that Jesse's connected to Buffy, they decide to use him as bait instead of food or whatever. So it could be that the transition happened pretty recently. And, you know, when that was happening, right. And well, I was like what happened
0: recently, right? Because yeah. This is all like kind of within a 24 within 24 hour hours. Yeah.
1: yeah. And you know, when I wasn't I didn't quite know that Jesse was a vampire yet. I knew he'd been bitten, mm-hmm. but I was like, wow, this is really easy for them to get Jesse and get him away. And I was like, This is suspicious. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that
1: that thought was clearly quickly validated when we see yeah. that Jesse is actually a vampire. And jumping yeah. ahead a little bit, uh-huh. I feel kind of bad that Xander has to essentially be Jesse's demise. I mean, it's a little yeah. bit accidental. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, it gets bumped into Jesse or whatever, but Xander is right there. And it's like, yeah. whoa. I mean, even though, you know, they're gone, I that, would think. That's something that's going to stick with you. Kind of gets you right in the heart. Exactly. I mean, these, this, this crew gets over losing Jesse real quick.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they do seem to. That is true. That is true. Now I'm hoping fingers crossed that you've seen the movie I'm going to reference next. Oh gosh. Fingers (laughs) crossed. Indeed. When Xander and Buffy are escaping through the ducks. Yes. Did you get the diehard vibe? Okay. Totally.
1: (laughs) It's like come on to the coast have a, good oh, yeah. Yeah. have a few drinks i'm so um, glad i had a movie reference that you got <laughs> this one well you hit a you hit a gold mine there i was a huge die hard fan <laughs>
0: uh, i see yeah those are great and
1: it it is when i I've, I've met for the very first time the glorious severus snape
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we could just have a whole thing going on here been talking about Die Hard because I love that movie too.
1: Oh, okay, okay, yeah, but I would I, I definitely really biting my tongue. Like, don't go there. Don't. Okay, okay, pocket. okay, okay, okay. We'll we we will consider uh a, a Die Hard. We could do the whole trilogy rewatch, but okay. first one's the best.
0: It is for sure. Uh, uh, yeah, the second one's. Oh, we're getting off track. Never mind. Fair, fair,
1: fair. But then we'll get into the um, whole- a Christmas
0: movie debate. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. Stop, stop us now. Stop us now. Yes yes, um, yes. yes. Okay. So really keeping it PG here. Talk about no mess when these vampires suck blood. Oh yeah. When Luke is mm-hmm. sucking blood, I mean, there is not a drop on his face. I yeah. mean, these, these are like precision hypodermic needles extracting okay. these this blood they yeah. really keep it pg maybe yeah i'm because now i'm thinking
0: i was going to say well maybe they just lick all the blood off but if we're thinking about that scene in the bronze you just like and you see the yeah. two holes but you really don't see anything else i i'm sure that was a because this was a show that was going to be geared and high school kids were going to be watching it and so forth and i know one of the things from listening to joss whedon in an interview he said you know one of the reasons they made the vampires turn to dust when they got staked was because he didn't want to have to have this 16 year old girl dragging dead bodies around and so maybe it's something along the same lines right that they didn't want to have you know too much blood it was a 1990s television show after all not on
1: hbo or anything like that Well, I think it was a really smart choice with the dust because, I mean, no fuss, no muss with that cleanup. And my goodness, I mean, they'd be, I mean, it is, it's a little tricky to get rid of a bunch of bodies, you know? So even if you can drag them around and whatever, I I really, I really liked the choice to have the vampires just turn into dust or else it would just seem too inconceivable how they could keep this kind of under wraps though the entire high school saw it i mean i i don't know yeah. how everyone just kind of you know yeah. cordelia just doesn't seem to like thank buffy for like being an incredible <laughs> savior
0: yeah. and I how are all of those people in the bronze not screeching the entire oh my- time
1: i wrote the same thing this was the calmest mass <laughs> execution ever <laughs> I know okay weird. just orderly allow me to suck your blood one at a time next <laughs> I, I mean like. come on really even maybe- even when, when Giles and the crew was sort of ushering them out of the building I mean yeah. single file uh, yeah. you know, it screaming was- and pushing people out of the way like get out of my way I'm out absolutely absolutely
0: out. yeah maybe they needed aura there because that remember the girl from the locker room I do.
1: The dead guy. Talking to aphrodisia.
0: That actor could scream. She did awesome. And Cordelia (laughs) could scream. Charisma Carpenter. We actually, I don't even think we've really said her name, her real name, the actor name. I don't think so. Yeah. I love, and I've seen her like uh, do some guest appearances on other shows and I'm always like, Cordelia.
1: Oh yeah. Well, and I love, I again, love the name because of King Lear, but uh this this brings me to one of my quotes from this episode uh mm-hmm. heads up by xander mm-hmm. when a symbol decapitates uh a vampire next to him and awesome. again another uh, though you it is absolutely implied the symbol went and cut off the vampire's head mm-hmm. uh you don't actually see it right right and you yeah, didn't, and honestly you didn't need to see it
0: yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think I mean I as much as I love shows like Game of Thrones and so forth, I'm like, do we really need all this gore? Really? Yeah. But uh which is one of the reasons I enjoy Buffy, right? A lot of it's implied, let your imagination
1: run wild. Exactly. Exactly.
0: I did have another question. Remember like when they're all leaving the library and Buffy's like, I gotta stop at home, I gotta pick up some stuff, I gotta pick up supplies. And and I never noticed this before, but in her trunk, right? Which doesn't have a lot of supplies. Holy uh, water. Holy water. communion wafers.
1: What is she doing with the Eucharist, Tori? I know. I'm like, what are you going to do? Like flip those at people? <laughs> at the vampires? Is it going to burn them if a
0: wafer yeah. hits them?
1: Yeah. Good <sighs> question. Good question. Yeah. Uh, also with that walk home i mean with that trip home mm-hmm. and her kind of being grounded she can't go out mm-hmm. easiest room to sneak out of ever for sure she just opens the window there's yeah. not even a screen yep. and just walks out yep yep
0: but it comes um, handy for the whole
1: season right when she's living at home so it's a pretty it's a pretty important factor just like uh, uh, her also getting stopped by oh goodness this I think that happens in the next episode oops I'm gonna just shut my mouth (laughs) she's got to be able to get away quite easily this is fair yes yes yeah and Uh, the oh go ahead no go ahead the kind of topic well I was too oh go for it so Again, very they really seem to take the Jesse turning into a vampire and dying pretty well. The wrap up at the end of this episode, you know, they've got their merry band, they're a real team now. Mm-hmm. And I I did love Giles when the trio is walking away, Giles saying, "The earth is doomed." <laughs> yes. That's a great scene. Is there a quipping away as they depart? Yeah. Yeah, those quips, I love it. And it gets
0: they even get better, right, as this seasons go on their little uh banter is always fun the Buffy banter love it yeah me too you know there's one person we haven't really talked about at all I don't think
1: and the mom yeah yeah
0: yeah it's about
1: Joycey it's true and I think I really I, I actually think in episode three uh-huh. I start to feel a little more about Joyce. Okay. I got to say, I feel like Buffy's just got to tell her. Yeah. I mean, within 24 hours her new best friends know about everything. <laughs> um, you know, this mom thinks like she's burning down gyms and getting into all this trouble and so I feel for the mom. You know, and it yeah. just seems like, it seems like she loves Buffy. I, I think she'd keep her secret. I think she'd be supportive. So yeah. um, I feel like in episode one and two, she's doing her best. Yeah. But episode three, I have more thoughts. Okay. Well, we'll save them for then. Let's save, let's save Joyce for episode three. All right. Also, I learned the fun fact that Boca del Inferno meant Hellmouth. There we go. So he's nice
0: to learn a little <laughs> Spanish along the way. Absolutely. Is it Spanish
1: or is it Italian? I thought that was Spanish. Could be. Del. Anyway, could check it. I bet you're right. I bet you're right. <laughs> I, I just think of Inferno. It, so Inferno just must be a shared word between Spanish and Italian. Because I know yeah. Inferno is hell in Italian. Yeah. Because of Dante. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: wish classical literature. There you go.
1: Now, if you ask me about one of those, odds are good. i <laughs> know something
0: about it. It would be totally flipped around. I'd be like, uh. That's <laughs> not true. You
1: know plenty of classics as well. But I feel a little more confident there. I feel <laughs> a little more confident there than 70s music or 70s movies. <laughs> and probably some 80s as well, depending upon the maturity rating. <laughs> true. True, true, true. All
0: okay, right. well, uh, shall we
1: end there? Well, I was kind of wondering. We haven't awarded the golden stake. Oh, thank you so much for remembering. Yes, let's let's. Do you want to? Do you want to speak about what the golden stake is?
0: Well, the golden stake. I think it's got to be a combination of things. I mean, because it's just way too obvious. Like who killed a num- the most vampires, kind of thing. But right. To be, you know, who's being the most most quippy, maybe Mm -hmm. who's got the best fashion, or maybe, uh, you know, I don't know, just not just who killed the most vampires.
1: So sometimes we can just say this character had a certain je ne sais quoi. (laughs) I like it. Okay, would you like to award your golden stake? No, because I'm still thinking about it. Okay, I think I know who my golden stake is, and I don't think they're always going to get it. (laughs) i think for this first two episode arc i'm gonna give it to xander oh interesting why yeah so for for a few reasons one piece again he this does kind of involve a killing but he was part of his own best friends demise oh, you know uh yeah. from from undead to really dead yeah. and <laughs> i gotta say i think he's got to get some credit for that okay and so that is why i want to award rebecca's golden steak award for episode one and episode two to xander for <laughs> heroism under duress <laughs> well, that maybe accidental cool. heroism
0: okay and i was thinking about it I, in in a slightly different way, I'm going to award my golden stake to Cordelia. Nice. The reason being, not necessarily, I mean, yes, Charisma Carpenter, great actor, for sure. I love it. But I feel like by the end of episode two, we, her character is really fleshed out, right? I mean, there's like no doubt in anybody's mind what kind of character Cordelia is going to be. And a lot of that's down to her acting. Yes. So, right on Cordelia,
1: even though you're a mean girl, you did it really well. I like it. And if I counted up my quotes, she may win the award for the most that I oh, wrote wow. down.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think all of the quotes I wrote down were Cordelia's quotes. <laughs> <laughs> That'll change because I think, particularly as Xander and Nicholas Brendan, you know, gets into his character more. Uh he has great quips.
1: Nice. Nice. So. Well, I mean, you know, I liked his first one about what he was having trouble with. The math. The math.
0: <laughs> the math.
1: Congratulations, Xander and Cordelia, for the you winning these uh prestigious awards. <laughs> yes, which exists only in our imaginations. Uh, which you know what what greater prize could there be (laughs) (laughs) and on that note (laughs) oh it was fun Uh, talking with you you back at you thanks everybody for listening
0: following in the shadows is created and produced by the both of us edited by mom the soundtrack for *The wallowing in the Shallows*, *Buffy the Vampire Slayer* Season One Rewatch, is Apache Rock instrumental by Sound Atelier. Available on Gmendo.com. You can send us feedback at WitsTVPod at gmail.com. That's W-I-T-S-T-V-P-O-D at gmail.com. Subscribe. And subscribe. Then subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Like and subscribe.